Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. As the schools start back in the coming days, there's calls for some of the areas around the front of the schools to be made totally car free. And it's a policy that's already been put in place in some schools here in Ireland. But we're asking why don't more schools have the car exclusion zone areas. Liz is with us on the line in Dublin because Liz, you actually got in touch with us about this particular issue. It's something that you're in favour of. I would be absolutely, Andrea. Yes, um, it was would have been one of the main reasons why um, when the lockdowns happened and we got the chance to do homeschooling, we actually decided to make that change permanent and we're now homeschoolers and we just don't have to deal with all the stress around the school gate, trying to get in and out and worrying would a, a child be hit by a car because it's, it's just chaos around there. How stressful is it, Liz? Um, well, we started, like, we used to cycle down to the school and honestly, like, you know, I I just was terrified of seeing my kids go under a car. Like, people were parking up on verges, blocking gates, um, reversing. I mean, it really was chaos. I mean, anyone with kids who goes to school will, will know because I know it wasn't just uh, where we were. Mm. And um, we actually then reverted to taking the bus or to driving ourselves because we had more control over, you know, um, than having a child on a bike. And I suppose, um, you know, I was specifically um, concerned about it myself because we lost a family member um, who was hit as a pedestrian by a car. Okay. Um, so, you know, I know I have my you own know. anxieties about it, but it just like it just bred a really bad atmosphere around the school. So I love this proposal of, um, of uh, having them car free, at least for a distance around. I wonder how many schools across the country have this in place, Liz? Oh, I, I've no idea about that. No, I can only talk about our own experience. So it's 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 not so much the environmental. It's it's purely from a safety perspective. Well, the, I mean, the environmental uh, aspect would be really helpful as well. Although, you know, I really respect that a lot of parents, you know, they might have several kids, babies. You know, like they, it's really difficult to do the school run and um, and pick up your kids, and it ha- all has to happen in this really tight time period as well you know for like five ten minutes you can't mm. be late um and then of course some parents have multiple pickups you know they have to then go back in an hour so i've nothing but sympathy for um for people just trying to get you know their kids to school and get their day done but um, i was chatting with my daughter about it earlier and she had a lovely idea that if you could drop your kids to like pick up places at a kind of distance away and then they could all walk in together and have a chat as they were going in and i do think that you know, that is doable and might have advantages for kind of the kids Mm. sort of settling into the day as well. I really like her idea. I wonder how many schools actually have, you know, that level of um, sufficient space at the front of the school building, but maybe a car park down the road or whatever it is to to even accommodate something like this. And you'd have to ask, is it even realistic in in rural areas for schools there, you know, to to do something? Um, If there's schools today, if you're like Liz and you think it's a good idea, or perhaps you're you're in a school that is currently implementing a policy like this, give us a shout. It's 1800 Liz, stay with us because Valerie Kyo, who is the principal, uh, deputy principal at um, St. Oliver Plunkett's National School in Malahide in Dublin, is on the line as well. Because Valerie, you you guys are actually one of the schools that has introduced a car-free zone policy. Yeah, so back in 2019, Fingal County Council approached the school to talk about proposing um, 
the School Streets programme. I think as far as I remember, it originated in Scotland and they were kind of trialling different things at the, at the time. And so they approached the school and they, they approached all stakeholders. They approached parents, they approached uh, the school community mm. and the board of management. And so they, they effectively sold it to us. But to be honest with you, at the time, we were having, uh, as that, that girl said, um, difficulties around safety. I mean, we have a school, a huge school here of 910 right. people. And it's really, it began, we had an old, it began as an old school with maybe, you know, 50 pupils and it grew and grew. Huge, and, our, and the village yeah. of Malahide, the streets are are quite narrow and there's a narrow street at the front of the school and for years I'm teaching here over 20 years and you know increasingly over the years everybody has cars um, now and so there's just cars and children everywhere and you would pray you would literally pray every morning make sure that everything's okay and it was just it was a huge danger and there were kind of small little incidents, but thankfully nothing serious over the mm. years. So when, when Fingal approached it, they were probably approaching it from partly an environmental point of view. But for us, kind of, again, the safety was number one. Um, and then the environmental thing was was, was kind of a great um, asset as well. Yeah. And then at the time we had our green schools, we had multiple green school flags. So that kind of tied in with that as well. Um, and we were trying at the time to, to even do a campaign with our student council around you know, getting cars to slow down, which wasn't happening. We even did a video campaign, but I think that's the whole pressure of time. Everybody knows you're trying to get to school on time and work on time and kind of another thing kind of takes over. So that was happening. And so they they, they um, proposed it. We we agreed it and we trialled it. And um, So how does it work though? So basically what happens is at half eight in the morning in front of the school, um, directly in front of the school, a portion of the street is closed off. Now it is quite an important street in terms of people would have kind of used it as a cut through for going to different places. So it was quite a prominent road even not just school wise but for people to kind of get around the village because the, the village itself can be chock-a-block as well and so I know that it did affect traffic around the village as well. So it, it closed, the road closes and this has happened for the last three years from half eight to a quarter past nine okay. and then from one o'clock in the day to a quarter to three um, and it at the time, we thought this is never going to work. Mm. It's just not going to work. The teacher saying we'll have to be in earlier, but everything seemed to just there were so yeah. many benefits. So when you say the road is closed from eight thirty to nine fifteen and one to two forty five, then where do the parents yeah. park when they want to drop off? So the kids? what they do is they park. There's parking around the village. So um, there's a car park in the, the Malahide Castle car park. That's probably maybe a ten minute walk away. There is parking around the area as well. Um, like little side streets as well. But a lot of more children, the older children, a lot more of them are now walking to school. Okay. Because I think that's where they would have done maybe a five-minute run in the car. They thought, actually, you may as well, for me to be parking, you may as well, mm. you know, just go yourself because it made it slightly more inconvenient to drive and that was kind of the incentive then. There was naturally okay. then more walking. There's a huge amount of children who cycle and scoot and everything. Yeah. And it was obviously well-received then? It was well received, not all, not by parents and school. I think that it did cause a little bit of hassle around people trying to get, I think people trying to get through the village. So people who maybe weren't involved in the school mm. community and didn't understand it. It does inconvenience people, but I think that you have to prioritise. And I think that I genuinely think that probably lives have been saved over it because yeah. it was really an accident waiting to happen. And you know that's what you have to do. Sometimes yeah. okay. it isn't convenient, even for teachers. We have to be here earlier. But even we found everything, you know, it's a slower pace in the morning. It's not as manic. 
everything is much calmer. And even kind of the other benefit that we had, we hadn't foreseen COVID. And even what used to happen is, is there'd be cars and parents all kind of huddled together because there wasn't enough space. Whereas during COVID, where you had to socially distance even outside, that was kind of the other benefit. Yeah. We had okay. all of that space do, and it was brilliant. Do, do you think, Liz, from listening there to Valerie, like is is that the sort of um is that the sort of proposal that you'd be thinking about? I think that sounds absolutely inspirational and congratulations to Valerie for making it making it happen and getting the buy in from you know, all the families and children. Wouldn't that be just amazing to see it yeah. um, around the country, um, certainly in the cities and in built-up areas yeah. where there are a lot of schools. I love um, that idea. Mary, you're on the line in Dublin too. Um, you live near or close to a school. Would you like welcome an initiative similar to what Valerie has described? Hi, Andrea. Well, actually, um, I live right next door to a primary school, but um, there's also three schools adjacent. So there's four schools surrounding it two primary and two secondary. Now, where we've lived for 33 years, this has been a growing problem. And what happens is that the the parents park in our estate and getting in or out of the estate at the school, you know, opening and closing times is a nightmare. So it's it's brought about an awful lot of um, sort of, yeah, aggression over the years between residents and parents and the school. And what I've seen is that Whilst all so much money has been pumped into beautiful bicycle lanes right outside our estate, is that for the first few weeks going back to school, everybody's full of you know good good intentions, but mm. it doesn't last. Once the weather gets a bit colder, everybody jumps into the cars again. Now we've got about three parks near us, and what I've been saying for years is why it's not mandatory, as Valerie has said, why it's not mandatory for people to park in the local car parks and walk the 10 minutes to school. And if that was made mandatory, you wouldn't, well, certainly in our area, you wouldn't have to close off any roads for anybody else. It wouldn't inconvenience anybody else not connected with school. But I just find that there's been a lack of will, certainly in our area, overall, that the schools haven't got together. And I have to say that... I'm not a fan of Eamon Ryan because as Minister for Transport, this is something that he should have tackled properly, not just building well, as Valerie, cycleways. As, as Valerie mentioned there, though, like Valerie, it was Fingal, it was the county council, wasn't it? It was the local authority actually yeah. put forward this, you know. So it could very easily be done, Mary, in your area then too. You know, if the local authority or the, the council came together. But I think it needs to come from the Department of Transport down because of this whole focus on cycling and everything. It needs to be multi-bodies coming together mm, okay. and, and really not just encouraging but enforcing it. And it would make everybody's lives simpler. But it's the bad weather that gets everybody into the cars yeah. again. Uh, Isabel is with us too, joining us in Galway. Isabel, uh, do you support the idea of car exclusion zones around schools? Oh, Absolutely. And I live directly across the road from a big secondary school, just up the road from two primary schools. And it is bedlam, absolute bedlam. The, um, we can't get out of our house in the morning, and then when you come back, you can't get in. So the whole road, is, it's a really narrow road, and the whole road is taken up by parents parking on footpaths and wherever, you know, to, to bring children yeah. to school. Similar so to Mary. It's the whole yeah, residential area. Um, and then my own children actually go to school at the other end of town. And that's a new built school. So they have a drop-off zone. 
that some people adhere to and some people park in, but it's easier for a new school because you can just drive in, drop off and leave. But what we see here is people park, they have the chats, but they're, they're, the way that they're parked, because it's a, it's an old, Lockery is an old town, mm. is it can just about fit two cars, but then you'll get people parking up on the path on both sides. And then say a school bus comes down. Yesterday morning was the first day of school. Some genius in the council decided to do roadworks at the end of the road first. Nice. A school bus got stuck. And that was it. The whole place was locked up. And is cycling an not, option, Isabel? There, there are no cycle lanes in Loch Ray at all. None at all? My ni- nothing. My nine-year-old decided she wants to cycle to school, so we're about to run a test run um, before school started. And a car actually clipped the pedal of my bike. Right. Um, it's just aggressive driving. There's no need for it. But there's no way that you could allow her to cycle no. or walk down the road to school. You, you couldn't. Even my older children in secondary school, and they don't like walking on it either. So if this road that we live on, if there was an exclusion zone there, all the children could walk safely. Now it is Galway and it rains a lot. Mm. Um, and, and that is an issue. Yeah. And also the weight of their school bags. The kids going into secondary school, they're bent over under the weight of their school bags. So I can understand why people would want to I drop know. them drop them up. But for the primary school that's just down from us, there's people parking and walking them in and then you have to cross them because it's dangerous. The road is dangerous. Yeah. And out of curiosity, Isabel, like, have you ever talked to the school or anybody in the school about the possibility of having this sort of exclusion zone? Has it ever come uh, up? No. It's not a consideration at all Yeah, around here. But like, there's no... There's no cycle paths. I have had rows with several councillors about that. Yeah. There's no no cycle path. Even the footpath isn't safe for children to walk on because there's cars parked. They're on all them. parked up on a double parked. And and they're they're parents that have children themselves. So you're thinking, are you not considering your own child's safety? Would you want your child to have to mm. squeeze down? And I mean, really squeeze down yeah. a, a thin footpath. If you're in a wheelchair, there's no way. So this road should be, to my mind, mm. it should be closed for residents. But say if, even if it was closed from quarter to nine until, say, five past nine, then if residents, say someone like me that has to be at a different school, we'd know we'd be down the road before quarter to nine. Yeah. Well, that's similar to what Valerie described. I mean, the 8.30 to 9.15 and, and 1pm to 2.45. Uh, Mary, just on, on your point, because you're kind of in a similar position there to, to Isabel, um, have you ever talked to anybody in the school about introducing the same kind of a policy as Valerie has there at uh, Oliver Plunkett's? Well, we haven't talked about exclusion zones, but years ago what we did was we got WL lines coming into our estate and we asked the guards, the local guards, would they police it? And that didn't happen. So this went on now for a good number of years, I have to say. Then for at one stage, there seemed to be like a walking bus set up, you know, and a few parents took charge of that. That was great. That fell by the wayside. So, you know, nothing seems to stick. And I think this is why, like, we need everything has to, in Ireland. It has to be um, policed. Otherwise, nobody... Nobody pays a blind bit of notice. And if it's not policed and if it's not properly enforced, 
then, you know, it just all falls apart. So I don't have much faith in anything unless unless it's, mm. you know, properly enforced so, and regulated. So some of the texts on this, Elaine in Blackrock in Dublin says the car-free zones at schools, it's a brilliant idea. We cycle and walk most days. The car park is absolute chaos. I'm always worried about my kids going under a car. Something like this would actually encourage more parents who can walk, cycle and do both, says Elaine in Blackrock. Anna says about blocking the roads around the schools, I wouldn't hold my breath that, they, that the city council weren't aware there was a primary school with over 100 students in the D2 area when they changed the traffic direction on St Stephen's Green a number of years back that's according to Anna there's an email in here from a listener who says I'm only just back from summer holidays in Holland we could just jump on a bike you could cycle to the train station the whole way it was a cycle lane we weren't sharing the road at any cars at all there isn't the space in most rural um, rural areas of Ireland for that level of infrastructure this is the problem and yet I saw they have a cycle train in Limerick recently some of the comments that were coming up in the thread were actually quite um, very critical says uh, this listener too just on the point Valerie about um, you know when the bad weather conditions do any pe- like do people slip or do they uh, do they kind of pull up outside the school at all or does everybody rigidly stick to it? I mean, like any like any school, people are more inclined to use their cars and they can. There's a, there's kind of like a drive a drop off area, but it's it, it is policed. We were talking about police. It is policed. We have well, not literally police, but we have you know, traffic wardens around, frequently around, so they will make sure that people move on. But I think that we are so used to it now, it just happens. There isn't mm. really, it's just a matter of kind of eventually when change at the beginning, it's always difficult, but now it's kind of everybody knows what they're doing. So obviously there are more people who drive. So it's um, the traffic warden effectively enforces this. Yeah, so they're, yeah. they're in from early then if this kicks off at half eight in the morning. So Yeah, well it's like a lo- uh, lollipop lane, two lollipop lanes, one at either end of the road. So they, they block off the road. That's but there it. are literally poles in the road that literally screw into the road. So you physically mm. cannot. It, it would... You can't pass you can't. unless it's a bird. Obviously, you can't. Yeah. Bird, I can tell you, you there's a, a, an awful lot of support, Valerie, yeah. for what you guys are doing there um, at uh, Oliver Plunkett's in Malahide. You know, it, it's, it's a lot of people wondering why um, other local authorities can't follow the lead of Fingal in, yeah, in this case as well. You know? cost, I think it may be a financial thing as well. I'm sure it costs money, you know, because yeah. there is a certain amount of, you it's know, extra scheme. people having to employ. But I think that it's so worthwhile. Mm. Uh, it really has, and even in terms of kind of the side effects, the positive side effects is that we can use, we use our our outside of our street for shocks and Aguelga. We literally have Kayleys on the road. Like it's, it's, it's there, are, <laughs> yeah. there are new ways they haven't even thought of that we can yeah. use it for. So no, it's, great it's idea. just the well-being, the children, everybody, is, it's just, it actually takes the stress away. Because sometimes people were coming in, it sounds, I've been listening to all these stories and I remember, I'd actually, it's like a distant memory, people used to literally drive, drive in the past, you know. I know. That kind of thing. So, like, it, our school is exactly the same. In fact, probably yeah. worse. No, but you, you, you addressed it and, and I think a lot of people are, you know, uh, very warmly receiving that and wondering why their own local authorities can't uh, can't take the lead of Fingal, um, according to this text here as well. Valerie Kyo, Deputy Principal at St. Oliver Plunkett's National School there in Mal- Hyde in Dublin, Liz, Mary, Isabel and Galway thanks for getting in touch with us on the programme. Look, if you're after dropping um, the kids off today, maybe they're going back on Monday and you think car exclusion zones are a good or a bad idea, whatever your thoughts, give us a call 1800 453 106 Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan Brought to you by Avant Money Weekdays at midday on News Talk.